Welcome to Is This Working, a podcast about the messy parts of work. With me, Anna Codrarado. And me, Tiffany Philippou. This week, I'm interviewing Anna to celebrate the launch of her new book, You're the Business. I'm very excited to share this episode with you. As you would expect, it is bursting full of authentic and vulnerable chats, and we get pretty deep where we go into the past of Anna's working life and she shares a very cringe work boo-boo from her early days. And we also talk about our relationship with our work, shame, and we talk a lot about money. And it's a really helpful episode and it's a great chance to get to learn more about our wonderful co-host Anna. So I hope you enjoy it and we look forward to hearing what you think. Let's get on with the show. Anna, how does it feel to be back in the uh, virtual studio? So good. I've really missed recording the podcast because I've missed working with you. I've missed creating something and putting it out in the world. So yeah, I am very happy to be back here. Also, I feel that our last season was very much a chronicle and diary of the pandemic. So as we now hopefully, fingers crossed, touch wood touch everything that we are starting to ease out of restrictions that this next season is going to be a chronicle of us charting the re-emergence into the world so yeah very excited but here is a piece of fun podcast trivia for all the listeners in our very first episode ever as in season one episode one tiffany talks about writing a book and or wanting to write a book and you've done it now. You've written it. There you go. The podcast works magic. So <laughs> yes, um, that's very true. But today we're actually going to be talking about your book, Anna, that you've written. So we've both been busy. And as we said, I'm also just so excited to be able to come back and be putting something out into the world where you get to interact with people and get feedback. So really excited to be back. We've got some bit of housekeeping to do before we launch into today's episode. So this season, we're going to be back every other week, still on a Monday, but it's every other week because we are dedicating ourselves to managing our own schedules in order to avoid burnout. And going down to every other week means that we can deliver that high quality episodes that you know and expect from us but also not completely overwork ourselves in the process so nothing for you guys to do any differently if you're subscribed to the podcast you'll get the episodes as they drop so please make sure that wherever you listen to your podcast you are subscribed to the show and do share the podcast with anyone that you think it will would benefit from it and who would enjoy listening and please leave us a review as well on apple podcasts it really helps the show excited for this episode not only because it's so much fun to be back in the studio but also to be able to sit down and interview your best friend is a really special experience 
I think we're going to have a really juicy and honest chat about work, um, about your work, Anna, your history, the highs and lows of freelancing. And as always, I'm going to get you to give us some tips on improving our working lives. Right. Anna has so much wisdom about all matters of life. And now there's a book which will share a portion of some of that wisdom with all of us. I've been freelance for almost four years now, and I found myself taking notes about how to do more for my business as I was reading your book. I particularly loved how there's a mix of super practical and actionable advice, including say email templates to send to find new clients or explaining mortgages, but there's also a lot in the book around tackling mindset issues such as money shame, reframing how you think about sales, um, because there's no point in telling people what to do if you don't uncover why they may be really holding themselves back. And you've also got a lot of lifestyle, freelance life stuff in there, which again is so important for anyone looking to build a long-term and sustainable career. So like with mindset, that's another important piece of the work puzzle that often gets left out. And it really is a textbook that all freelancers should have sat on their desk. Um, and I haven't actually, Anna, tell us what the title of your book is before I continue. It's called You're the Business, How to Build a Successful Career When You Strike Out Alone. There you go. So as I said, really excellent book and I'm excited to delve more into it. But before we get into discussing more about the book itself, I wanted to take this opportunity for listeners to really get to know you, Anna, and your work story. So let's begin with that. Gosh, it's like being on blind date, who I am and where I come from and what do I do? Um, so I'm Anna Kojirado. I am a freelance journalist, now an author, a podcaster and also a campaigner as well. And I pretty much always describe myself as a journalist first and foremost, because that is what I'm trained in. That's what I've pretty much always wanted to do with my career. And it's the theme that has run consistently throughout my full work history and that I have obviously taken with me since being freelance. Um, in 2017, I started freelancing. It was a really, really important moment in my career because I really do feel like I feel like there's a sort of before I went freelance and after I went freelance point in my career history or sort of when I look at my career as a whole. And even though I was doing really enjoyable work and I was really happy with my career before I started working for myself, things really, really shifted afterwards after I, after I started working for myself. And that kind of is how the, why the, how and why the book came about to a large extent, because I've had so many, I've learned so many lessons since working for myself, both about business, but also about myself. And this book is my attempt to put it all down on the page. And we are grateful for it. And also, I just wanted to say well done in public for the achievement of creating such a well-researched, but also very enjoyable read. So congratulations on finishing Thanks, the book. <laughs> Thanks, Val. So I am actually really curious what the answer to this question is going to be. So how would you describe your relationship with your work? Intensely complicated. <laughs> um, 
I would say it's a, okay, it's not as, also I kind of hate this word to a large extent. It's not a, I wouldn't go so far as to say it's a toxic relationship, but it is definitely a complicated relationship. I think it's primarily because I, I do one of those professions, journalism, which is very, it's very easy to tie up so much of your identity in it. And journalists, to a large extent, there are other professions like this, where you say you're a journalist and people, they do have it, they have an idea of what that means for, you know, for good or bad, they have their own stereotypes of it. And it's one of those, it's a, it's one of those jobs where you meet someone, you say, I'm a journalist and they know exactly what that is. I mean, to a large extent, I think the realities of what one actually does as a journalist in today's world versus maybe what people might think journalists look like might be two different things. But nonetheless, you don't really have to explain yourself and it's not something particularly obscure. And for so much of my career, um, when I first started out, I was very focused on writing for certain types of publications and getting jobs at certain organizations. And I attached so much value. I sorry, I attached so much of my identity to my work. And, you know, I worked at places where you kind of, you almost lose yourself in the organization or the culture of the organization where you start to forget where the, where the brand ends and you begin and then when I went freelance, I found it has been such an exercise in unlearning so many unhealthy habits that I learned in the workplace. And yet then it also then presented new challenges as well, which I'm still trying to figure out to a large extent now. So it's one of those things where I absolutely love what I do and I do love working but also, you know, there is that tired cliche about, you know, your job won't love you back. And it is true. You know, you have to find, you have to find joy outside. You have to find, you know, purpose and your identity outside of your work. And I think the pandemic for me has been the ultimate learning curve in that and has been a very confronting experience because, because I had the book to work on for most of the pandemic, I I landed this book deal at the very beginning of the pandemic and I wrote it throughout throughout sort of the darkest days of the pandemic. And that meant I was able to completely immerse myself in work. And because there was nothing else to do, I just worked, worked, worked for throughout this, for, for this last year, I really, really overworked myself. And now I'm really suffering the consequences of it. So I write in the book about being burned out. And the example that I talk about in the book was from when I had a, when I had a job, uh, sorry, when I worked in house and was in, um, traditional employment. And I do write in the book that freelancing is not a cure or is not some kind of solution to burnout. And I still fundamentally believe that. And I believe that even more now because now I am burned out and I am freelance. So being freelance doesn't cure any of those things. So, um, so yeah, it is a complicated work in pro my relationship with work is a work in progress. I, I guess is the sort of, um, is, is the kind of like headline point there. Um, but yeah, to think of like a lot of people this last year has been a very illuminating experience in regards to how I, how I view my work and sort of what I'm willing to do and not do as well. I think a lot of people will relate to that, that 
working through the pandemic in an almost numbing way and then being confronted with what is my relationship with my work when suddenly that's all we have in our lives but I love what you say about it being a work in progress because that's a bit like everything in life like you don't just master it and just float all day through productivity in your job so again I think that's exactly the right attitude to think about work as well. I think that's especially hard for me right now because we are talking about my book which is all about essentially how to be good at freelancing and I feel like I'm somewhat struggling right now. So then there also becomes very complicated feelings around that, which is how do I talk about this book and yet also be very authentic about how I'm feeling right now? Because so much about so much of what I put into that book and it is about learning about yourself and being being honest and feeling and making sure that you look after yourself first and foremost, because ha ha ha, here comes the stupid pun, but you are the business. Um, so it's just all, it's just a very, it's, um, it's been a very challenging time, but also I think one that I has, has just a, been a, an opportunity for tremendous growth, but which has also been quite painful as well. But I think we live in a world now where people don't want everyone to present perfection particularly at work and in your book you I'm going to solve this problem for you around the authenticity and um because I totally understand like do you know especially when we did the pandemic season um of the podcast and I remember having bad working habits myself as you've just touched on like I was working 24 7 just well not 24 7 because I went to sleep but to um to to numb the anxiety around what was going on and um and similarly yeah very often I slide into bad working habits so I also feel that pressure of oh we have this show where we're meant to be talking about these things so does that mean we're not authorities but your book isn't about um you will avoid burnout if you read my book this is this is this could happen and you know, you have a whole section of the book about freelance life, which talks about ways to manage yourself and look after yourself. So surely it's very authentic if you are experiencing these things and you do have resources and tools that you're relying on. Um, so actually it goes perfectly well together. You don't have to pretend these things aren't happening to you um, and you are dealing with them and you're sharing your story, which is the most helpful thing you can do for anyone. Thank you, pal. Yes, I, I have found myself basically take, trying to take on my own advice. And I found this, I was actually recording the audio version of the book a couple of weeks ago. And it was kind of at the point when I was really in the thick of my the worst of my burnout. And I was reading aloud the sections on burnout and kind of coping coping when you're struggling and all this kind of stuff. And it, I kind of thought, okay, yeah, I need to take my own advice. So that's what I'm trying to do. Great. So um, I'm just going to switch um, gears a little bit by asking you, when do you feel most energized at work? That's a great question. So I am a natural introvert, meaning that I feel quite drained when I'm interacting with, other, with others or that my energy can kind of deplete when I am um, interacting with others or sort of by, by external stimulus. However, I think because I do so much of my work 
alone now. I do also get quite energized and amped up when I'm collaborating. And so this podcast, for example, I find very energizing and getting to work on it is such a positive in my working platter, I suppose, um, which is, you know, why I'm so happy for it to have, for us to be kind of working on it and for it to come back. But it's funny because writing, it, it energizes me in this, in a very different way. I feel that for me, writing is an exercise in solving a puzzle and putting things together and getting, getting stuff that's out of my head onto the page and arranging it in a way that actually makes sense and almost kind of getting my thoughts straight. And that is energizing in that sense of, oh, I've kind of solved this problem in some ways. It's almost kind of that that same feeling that you might get from organizing your cupboards or something, kind of like you've you've taken everything out and you've put everything back in, but you do feel you feel that kind of good tired afterwards. Whereas when I work on the podcast or when I'm doing this, I find that afterwards I'm quite, I get all amped up and I kind of really feel my energy kind of shift upwards, which has been a very interesting experience for me because as someone who doesn't, is introverted and is is used to sort of getting drained by those sorts of social interactions. It was quite an illuminating experience to actually figure out that, no, there are these very collaborative ways of working that do actually energize me. You're right. I think it's about so much more than whether you're an introvert or an extrovert. I think it's about examining what work energizes you and brings you up. I'm delighted to hear that I'm involved in that. I can tell you what saps all of my energy. Emails. Emails are the scourge of work. I, I've I my my new my new crusade now is against emails. I hate them. They, they just they just suck the life out of me. So whatever the opposite to emailing is, that's that's my that's my work happy place. Yes, I'd love us to talk about email. Maybe that should be a separate um, episode because I was about to get off on my opinions about emails, but we will uh, <laughs> we'll come back to that. Um, you're someone who talks a lot about money, and you reference that in your book. Talk to us about why money is such an important topic for you. So money's an important topic for me personally, because I think, I do believe that financial freedom is so important for everyone. And I think it's especially important for women or for anyone who has ever been told that they shouldn't be talking about money or they shouldn't be asking for money or that talking about money is impolite and that money is a taboo topic and, and all of those things. And we, we, I think we all have very complicated relationships with money. I do believe that, I, I, I believe that everyone has a certain level of shame around money, whether that is that they don't have enough of it or that they have too much of it or that someone else in their life financially supports them or that they have to support someone else financially. I think there are so many reasons that someone might harbor shame related to money. And so 
talking about it is one way to help alleviate that and to normalize it. And I think quite a lot of people, especially in the creative industries, there's this idea that you can't have, you can't do a creative career and also be well compensated for it. There's a lot of stigma around the idea of saying that you want to be rich. I mean, I think the word rich is just very, very inflammatory for a lot of people. But this kind of idea of like, what it, what does it even mean to be good with money? What does a quote unquote good wage or good salary mean? There's all, all of these things I, I find that it's um it's also kind of just just to step back from it. It's just a very fascinating topic in so many ways. And just to hear and learn about how different people react and how they think about money. I just find that um I find that very, very interesting. But yes, to kind of go back to sort of for me, I think that I sort of my goal is financial independence. And what I mean by that is for money not not being a worry in my life for me to not have to make my decisions governed by fear around whether or not I will have enough money to pay for something should some kind of disaster or unforeseen or emergency happen. For freelancers, money, and these, of course, these things are connected, but when you go freelance, when you work for yourself, you are talking and thinking about money all the time. So I went from talking about money once, you know, once a year at most when I was in an in-staff job where, you know, you, you start a new job and you might negotiate the salary. And of course that's very difficult. And then maybe you negotiate a salary if you're lucky every year, um, if you're kind of talking about getting a, a salary bump, but that's pretty much it. You might be kind of talking about money in the sense, talking about the company's money and sort of dealing with budgets and stuff like that, but it's not your money. That's not necessarily such a, that's not, the, it's not really the same thing. But then when you when I start to work for myself, it's every day you're trying to figure out um, should I how much should I charge for this? I need to chase up this late payment. Um, what what is the value of this new service that I'm providing or whatever it might be? You're just constantly talking about money, and also I think that the biggest problems that freelancers face all come back to money in some way or another, whether that is not having the confidence or the tools to negotiate a rate or dealing with late payments or the lack of sick pay and um, holiday pay and the disparities between um, parental leave payments that are available to different to different uh, to freelancers compared to employees. All of those big issues, all come back to money. So it just felt like a big chunk of this book had to be dedicated to it. And there are kind of the sort of two things going on. There's one that there are these big structural inequalities that just make talking, you know, make earning money harder for some people than for others. Also, again, kind of bringing this back to freelancing, it makes it harder for freelancers to just get on and actually do their jobs because of these, because of the mechanics of how they get paid. But then at the same time, there are things you can do on an individual level to, to improve your situation somewhat. And so it was just really important for me to try and kind of like get all of that into the book. Um, 
Although to be honest, the that that could be. I mean, there of course there are there are lots of books that are just about money, and it it's almost sort of a, a topic unto itself. Um, but that is why it was kind of so important for me, and that's why so much of the book really is about money. What your book also talks about is um, towards the end, as you say, that freelancing isn't necessarily for everybody. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, and that is a really important thing. And maybe in hindsight, I should have put it, put this at the front of the book rather than the end. Um, but I really don't think that freelancing is for everyone. I mean, we also can't, of course, we couldn't have an economy in which the entire workforce worked for themselves, or at least not in the, not in the way that our economy kind of, or sort of like society and structure is structured at the moment. Because freelancing is a completely different way of working than being employed it's apples and oranges and that's kind of going back to the thing I was saying earlier about there's so much unlearning and relearning because you're just working in a in a very different way and I I think it's really important for people to be very honest about that because say for example if you're just going to have absolutely no interest or desire whatsoever to do the boring admin elements of working for yourself, like filing your own taxes and keeping on top of what money's coming in and what money's going out and all of that that stuff, you're going to find freelancing really, really hard because there is no way to avoid that. And I think this is kind of, this is something that's really, I think, important for people to get their heads around and took me a while to get my head around. But we talk about freelancing almost as though it's this sort of, it's its its own category and it's not considered in the same way that a sort of a small business is thought about. You know, we think about small businesses and, you, and you, you know, the word is right in there, that it is a business. I truly believe it is why the book is called, it's why the book has the word business in the title. If you... If you are freelance and you work for yourself, even if you only ever work completely alone, you never hire anyone else, you are just you selling your services, you are still a business. You can call yourself a freelance, you can call yourself a small business owner, it doesn't really matter. You are still operating as a business in which you, of course, are it. And you have to get your head around and you have to get comfortable and you have to also want to and have the curiosity to learn everything that that comes with running a business and so for some people that's just not that's just not them and that's just not what they want to do they just you know they might not enjoy working alone or they might not enjoy figuring out their admin or they might never feel comfortable with not knowing how much money is coming in into their bank account every month. That's something, you know, I'm now also, this is my fourth year freelancing. I'm still not fully, it still makes me feel weird that I don't know exactly how much money is coming into my bank account every month. And I've done this long enough to know that everything is fine and it's all working well and it's all, it's all good. And if anything, I, I actually earn more than I did when I was in a staff job, but just the mechanics of getting paid and not knowing that I will, you know, to the penny, I will know exactly what's going to land in my bank account every month. That's still something I find hard. And so all of these, you know, being really real about what does freelancing actually look like it is not this Instagram image that we have of someone sat by the laptop, it, you know, sat with their laptop by the pool in Bali sort of working 
for two hours a day, every third, every third Tuesday. Um, it is hard. And it is also, it is hard working for yourself right now. But if you have the personality for it, if you have the will and the desire to do it, then it is such a rewarding way to work. But it's, uh, you know, the way, the way I always think about it or the way I always talk, talk about it. So if someone asks me, should I go freelance? My question to them back always is, are you being pushed into freelancing or are you being pulled towards it? Because there is a really, really big difference. I have said, you know, I've talked so much about the fact that I went freelance as a result of redundancy. However, I was thinking about it long before I actually did it. And I have this little detail in the book and I actually discovered this, I rediscovered this notebook um, whilst I was writing the book and I, and I have a little passage on passage on it in there. But I had, I, I found a notebook from a year before I went freelance and it was my sort of I'd written at the top of it, you know, Anna's plan for going freelance. And I'd made a list of what I hoped to achieve from being freelance. And I was kind of formulating a plan for it. So I was thinking about it and doing my research into it way before I actually, you know, before I sort of like got nudged into it and kind of like ended up, um, ended up kind of, you know, not, not having a job to sort of stop me from doing it in the end. But I speak to a lot of people who come to me for advice when they're in a job and they're in a sticky situation at work and they say, oh, I think I just want to go freelance when really the problem is they're actually just having work problems and they just need to fix them. Um, and the, free- the freelancing is actually not the not the solution to that. Um, it's kind of like, you know, if you're in a relationship and you're thinking about leaving to a large extent, many of many of your problems you will always carry into your next relationship so it's about separating out which are the thing what are the things here that are actually about my which are the kind of like circumstantial problems and which are something which are the things that are running deeper um and oh it's, it's funny we can never get through an episode without comparing work and dating isn't that funny um so so yeah that's why i have a whole chapter in there about that you know talks about whether you should um whether you should even kind of like be freelancing or whether you want to maybe like quit freelancing and and all of that stuff. Because, um, I think also part of that, part of this whole conversation is that freelance, you know, you don't have, there's no right way to freelance. You don't have to kind of like, you know, and I say this as someone who obviously, you know, I've written a book about freelancing. There's no like, you know, freelance till I die. Like, no, just, it's, it's yours to, to, to do with it as you, as you want. And it's your career. And it's just about what makes sense for you at that particular moment. Let's take a quick break there. Then we'll be back where I'll be asking Anna a little bit more about her book. And also she's going to tell us her biggest work boo-boo. This episode is sponsored by Wild. Wild is a natural deodorant brand that has created an effective, long-lasting deodorant that is vegan, cruelty-free, and free of nasty chemicals and parabens. And it actually works. The packaging is sustainable and plastic-free and fits right through your letterbox. The cases are made from aluminium and the refills, which smell great, are home compostable too. 
You can customize the color and choose from five cents and even personalize it with your name, which is what we've done with our cases. Yes, and we've been fans of natural deodorant for a while, haven't we, Anna? We have, and actually it was you who introduced me to natural deodorant because you started using, um, you you went natural a, a few years ago now, and I was very resistant at first because I said I was too sweaty, but you converted me because you explained that there is we're, we get, we're sweaty from antiperspirant because it kind of clogs us up and then it makes us produce more sweat. So once you start using natural deodorant, you actually find that you don't even sweat as much as you thought you did. So yeah, and I'm just, I'm really, really enjoying my lovely smelling wild deodorant and I can happily report that I'm smelling great, not sweaty at all. I'm very happy. Yes, me too. I'm also really liking Wild and yeah, I'm glad we're both smelling so good. So go to Wild today and get yourself this natural deodorant that genuinely works. You can order by going to wearewild.com and you'll get 20% off your first order when you use the code ISTHISWORKING at checkout. And that's wearewild.com and the code is thisworking at checkout for 20% off. And we'll put that in the show notes. Enjoy. Thank you very much to Wild. And now back to the show. Why did you write You're the Business, How to Build a Successful Career When You Strike Out Alone? So as a journalist, there's always an expectation that at some point I'm going to write a book, which in and of itself is also stressful because it's kind of like when you're in your late 20s and early 30s as as a woman and people are just asking you when you're going to have a kid. It's the uh, professional equivalent of that. When are you going to have a book? Um, And I did, I always wanted to write a book. I still, you know, I want to write more books because it's just, it's that next challenge. You know, you go from writing articles to writing 70,000 words. It's, it's not really the same as like one massive article, but it's a, it's a completely new and different challenge. So there was always that, there was that part of me that, um, I did know I wanted to write a book and I was just sort of waiting for the right book to come come its come along for me, find me essentially. And that's kind of what happened with this book. So I've been writing a newsletter for as long as I have been freelance, which has been pretty much a chronicle or a document of my time as a freelancer. And that's where I first started sharing my experiences as I charted my own journey, working on my own, working for myself. And the book very much came from there. And I really wanted to put all of that advice together. And this book really very much, the book format very much felt to me the right place for this idea. So you're the business is very much a guide for freelancers. And, you know, that could have come about in different, in, in different formats. It could have pretty much continued to be my newsletter or or some other digital resource. But I really felt that also, you know, I am someone who I read all my novels on my Kindle and all my nonfiction 
in physical format because there really is something about being able to flick through a book that is kind of like a guidebook or textbook. And so it just really felt like the content and the format just went very well together. My Because my aim with this book is really for me to essentially download all of the things I have learned about freelancing. And also there is um there are quite a lot of interviews with other freelancers and other experts and business experts in the book. And I draw on lots of different resources. So it really was a place for me to put absolutely everything I know and quite a lot of what other people know about freelancing all into one place. And it just felt just like it made the most sense to do it in book format. Um, because I, I really, I really hope that this is the kind of book, it's not, not necessarily a book you, you can read it from beginning to end in sort of like one go if you want to. And I hope people do that, but I do really think people will flick through it and go to the bits that they need when and how they need them. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my intention with it. And, um, let's see what happens now it's out in the wild. In the book, you don't shy away from topics such as shame, whether that's about money, which we talked about or promoting your work or selling. How do you think shame plays out in our working lives? Gosh, I feel like we could do a whole series on that, let alone just one episode. I think it basically is the thing that holds so many of us back in our work, in our careers. I mean, in our lives as well, of course. Shame is just one of the most uncomfortable and silencing and difficult emotions that humans have to deal with. And it it can touch on so many aspects of your life. And I think that if you have shame in one area of your life, it, it very it can really easily play out or bleed into your work, depending what it's about. You know, of course, money being being such a great example that, you know, there is no way to not, you know, work ultimately is about making money. So if you have work shame, sorry, if you have money shame, of course, that's going to impact your work. And that's why I kind of talk a lot about it in the book, because I think it does hold us back in so many ways. A Another big one, again, it's sort of tangentially related to money. I talk a lot about, um, this is especially true for creatives, but you know, this idea of selling out and being a sellout, that's got a lot to do with shame. That's about feeling like what I'm doing isn't good enough or I'm working in this way, but I should be doing this or I should be doing that. Um, I heard something very powerful recently, which is that should is a shaming word. And I think that we have these conversations or sorry, we have these voices in our head whilst we're working and, you know, throughout our careers telling us we should be doing this, we should be doing that. And just think about how shaming that can be and think, think about how many times in, you know, one's career we make decisions because we think that that is the thing we should be doing because, you know, some external reference point led us to believe that that was the right thing for us. And we just, we sort of silenced what we actually wanted in favor of, you know, living up to certain expectations or whatever the case might be. And I I think that we're making very slow steps towards working in a way where we do acknowledge that 
you know, we are human beings with a vast range of emotions and feelings. And you don't just leave those at the office door when you come to work, whether that is your home office or whether that is in a, in a company, you bring all of that with you. And there is, you know, we are, we are just thinking and feeling creatures. You know, we are primary driving system is our emotional one. So we have to have those kinds of conversations when, you know, we're talking about business. And to a large extent, something I'm very proud of with this book is that for all intents and purposes, you know, this is a business book. It is published by a um, a publishing house that runs business titles. And there is so much kind of emotion and vulnerability and sort of life stuff in this book. And I'm very proud of that because I feel like that is one small step towards changing attitudes to like, what does it even mean to be doing business? You know, how can we do, how can we bring a bit more vulnerability, authentic vulnerability into the business space, into work and into careers? So, and of course, shame, you can't have those conversations without talking about shame. So um, yeah, that's kind of, that. That's that's how that sort of all ended up in there. And do you have a whole section on freelance life and you tackle issues such as loneliness and burnout? What came up for you when working on this section of the book? Um, some, it was quite confronting to a large extent because, again, it kind of goes back to what we were saying at the very beginning, which is that I, I'm so humbled to be sort of looked at as someone who gives career advice and sort of specifically freelance advice but I don't always have all the answers and I do experience difficult things in my life and my career. And not, it's definitely, you know, it's not always, things don't always work out perfectly far from it. So it actually felt quite good and quite cathartic to some extent to write those sections that were about harder points in my career. And it just really helped me just sort of almost like learn and grow for myself, which is always, you know, something that I think all of us can just hope to do, sort of learn as much as we can from things that have happened to us and sort of not necessarily think of things as being mistakes, just kind of like points, opportunities for growth to sort of use the business jargon. Um, But yeah, there were some things that were definitely hard to write about, especially the burnout thing I think was quite difficult to write about because it's drawing on a point in my life that was actually very, very hard at the time. And I didn't back then when I was experiencing it, I didn't have the language to, I didn't know it was burnout. I didn't have that language. And Helen Peterson hadn't hadn't written her uh, amazing BuzzFeed article that helped so many people understand what they were going through and sort of identify burnout in their own in their own careers. So this was before all of that. And so it was a very difficult time and also probably did feel, I did feel a lot of shame at that point because I kind of felt like, why can't I just get on with my work? Why am I finding this so difficult? What's wrong with me? Um, and to a large extent, that's kind of how I felt when, whenever I have sort of struggled, when I used to struggle in offices, it felt like there was something wrong with me. And it was just, um, it, it was just a very mixed bag sort of re- revisiting that because on the one hand, it felt really liberating to kind of sort of know that I've really grown and moved on from those experiences. But then of course, you know, 
you're still revisiting difficult points in your um, in your own personal history. So it's always going to be a bit challenging to kind of reflect and write about those. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's thing I talk about in the book about I've learned just as much about myself as I have as a, of, about business on this journey. So um, I'm just very grateful for that. Now tell us what your biggest work boo-boo has been. Okay, talk about shame. Wow. Uh, so I knew this question was coming up and I thought about it. And my first thought went to what really was my biggest work boo-boo. And I said, I'm not even going to say that because there's no way I could admit to it. And then I said, no, I'm going, I'm going to talk about it. So I, this was a long time ago when I was employed at a company, I wasn't freelance. And I basically essentially kind of took a freebie. I'm I'm not going to go into like the full detail of this, uh, but I essentially took a freebie and then the company sent an email to, basically they CC'd like almost like everyone in the entire company they emailed my boss to complain about me and they cc'd so many senior people into the email and just basically they pretty much were saying I should be fired um and my god did my stomach fall out of my ass at that point it was horrible I don't I'm, I'm feeling really uncomfortable talking about it right now and this was years ago now and it was just such a horrible and shameful and guilt-ridden ex- um, experience because it was one of those things where I did do something I wasn't supposed to do. Um, or I really, I, there was, you know, it was like a gray area and I really was like pushing to the very edge of, of it. Um, but for, you know, like, yeah, I, I, I did something that like was not, I wasn't really meant to do. Um, and then got in trouble for it, but in such a kind of like shame soaked way. And I just, I think I had like, I had trouble sleeping for kind of like a couple of days after this. I'm, I must've told you about it at the time, I think, but I just, I didn't want to tell anyone about it. I mean, obviously like, so I got, I I don't think I, I didn't really get in trouble, trouble actually. Like, um, I did have to have a meeting with my boss and, um, my boss's boss and someone, someone else really senior. And it was mortifying and they were pretty good about it. I did get, I did get like a rap on the knuckles, but I had a really, really compassionate boss. Thank God at that point who kind of um, disciplined me in a way that didn't shame me, which I'm so grateful for. But nonetheless, I still felt so much shame. I just shamed myself. Um, And yeah, like it's still, I just still feel so icky thinking about it now. Uh, It was just, it was definitely just like the most I'm I'm squirming listening to you. And also (laughs) what's coming up for me is all these other mistakes that I made when I was younger at work. And it's so obvious to me now that they were bad things to do. But when you're young, you really don't know. And I'm delighted to hear that your boss responded compassionately. Yeah, that makes, that make, it does make, it make a huge difference, but it didn't stop me feeling so horrendous, you know, like 
I don't know. It's there's something about work mistakes that make me squirm a lot more. Because if, if I if we go back to comparing things with dating, like we love to do, if I go back to my sort of love life boo boos or you know cringe moments with that regard, I don't squirm in the same way. There's something about the work error that makes me feel really uncomfortable. Uh, so, so true. Yeah, I I'm trying to think. Is there anything else that I've ever I've done some, you know, again, like when I was a lot younger, I've done some like naughty things that I'm definitely not going to talk about on the podcast. And I feel, I feel bad about them and like guilty, but I don't, I don't think there's anything else in my life that makes me feel as, as squirmy as what I have just shared. (laughs) Um, So it's true. What is it about work mistakes that makes us feel puts us so on it I mean it's partly because we're it's because we sort of basically think of work as like a big school and or like school for grown-ups and we're taught that we're not allowed to make mistakes and so much is on the line as well you know I you're you're worried about like oh my god am I going to get fired and you know like how shameful that is that people you know we haven't even talked about the fact that you know how I, I um I lost a job and that's how I ended up freelancing and and you know the the shame that I mean, we've talked about this on on our when we've talked, we've had an episode about losing our jobs and like the shame that people feel when they lose a job. Um, so yeah, I mean, gosh, the workplace is just it's just a shame minefield, isn't it? So before we wrap up, can you tell me what your career sliding door moment was? I think it was so my very first job when I graduated out of from uni and like when I first entered the workforce properly was um at a university and I was editing an alumni I was editing their alumni magazine and I think my career sliding door moment was when the department that I worked for announced that it was um downsizing and that there were going to be redundancies and they handed out a piece of paper and mine was one of the jobs on the list of um roles that were being put at risk um in the end I actually didn't get made redundant um but nonetheless that moment I think that was the moment when I was like what on earth am I doing and it's what set in motion me um looking for like um and it set in motion me going out and applying for journalism master's degrees and it it did pretty much alter the trajectory of my career because at that point I could have just very easily kind of stayed in that world the sort of the kind of like alumni development world that's a very well-trodden career path and you know there are you know you you could do that as a career or kind of like working for universities sort of in their kind of like administrative roles um I could have, you know, there's, there's another version of me that is still doing that. I mean, maybe, maybe not, who knows, but it definitely felt like that's what set in motion a series of events that have led me to where I am now. So it's funny because I just remember that at that time, that moment just felt so horrendous. And the head of the department, she was sat next to me when the announcement was made. And she said to me how sorry she was that, but she was sort of at the tail end of her career. And I was right at the beginning of mine. And she said how sorry she felt that I was being put in this position so early on. I'm I'm pretty sure I was the youngest person in the department at that point. Um, And actually now I look back on it and just, wow, what a significant moment it was that actually turned out to change the course of my career but very much for the better 
Let's close with the practical tips of all the advice in your book. What's the one piece of advice for freelancers that you'd like people to take away from reading it? I think if there's one thing that people take away, which is first, by the way, buy the book and read the book, but no, in all seriousness, is find some way to get comfortable talking about money and one of the suggestions I have is to find one person that you can practice those conversations with. And essentially that basically means going and finding your freelance work spouse, your freelance work wife, that one person that is behind the scenes helping you navigate this strange new world of working for yourself or, or, or you know, even if you've been doing it for a long time, having that person who just has your back. And that's important no matter, you know, I think work wives and and work spouses are, everyone needs one no matter what kind of work they do. But it took me a while to realize that they are just as important when you're freelance because you sort of think, oh, I, I work alone now. There is no, I have no colleague. But you very much can find a freelance co-worker a freelance colleague a freelance work spouse and I think that is the most important thing um that and learning how to put money aside for your taxes but more in that in the book so yeah well thank you Anna it's been very fun to interview you we'll put all the details in the show notes but your book is available to pre-order now where can everyone find you I am at Anna Cod on Twitter and Instagram and all of the links are in my bios. So if you just follow me on one of those two places, you can find the book and find everything else. And also, yeah, we'll put all of the stuff in the, in the show notes. Thank you to Wild for sponsoring this episode. Go to wearewild.com and you'll get 20% off your first order when you use the code ISTHISWORKING at checkout. Thank you, Wild. You are listening to Is This Working? Hosted by Anna Cogerado and Tiffany Filippou. Produced by Chris Bannister. Please like and subscribe and you can find us in all of your favourite podcasting apps. And also just a quick note before we go to let you know that we are now giving talks at companies. So if you would like to hear us live at your workplace, email us at isthisworkingshow at gmail.com and we will send you something that you can pass along to your head of people or HR department. Thanks very much. Mm-hmm.